Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, a licensed professional clinical counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to assess, diagnose, or treat a mental illness. For those services, please contact your local mental health provider. This week, we're talking about borderline personality disorder. Since this is the first personality disorder we've discussed in depth, we wanted to start out by talking about what the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or DSM, tells us about personality disorders in general. But to do that, we must have a general agreement on what personality is within this context. So personality, according to the American Psychiatry Association, is the way that a person thinks, feels, and acts that makes them different from other people. Personality is influenced by life experiences, their environment or society, and inherited traits. And it typically stays the same across time and in different situations. The DSM defines personality disorders as an enduring pattern of inner experience and behavior that deviates markedly from the expectations of the individual's culture, is pervasive and inflexible, and has an onset in adolescence or early adulthood. It's stable over time and leads to distress and impairment. What this means is that a personality disorder is a way of experiencing and existing in the world that is unusual for the culture that the person is a part of. Again, it doesn't change over time or situation and causes the person distress or some kind of impairment across areas of functioning. One way that personality disorders in general are misunderstood is that a person may behave in a way that appears to be a trait for a personality disorder, but this is only occurring in one situation or a couple different different situations that are similar. If we think hard enough, we can find examples of our own behavior or behaviors of the people that we care about that are characteristic of a personality disorder. That does not mean a personality disorder is present. It's that pervasive and flexible part of the definition that's really important. It's also important to remember that personality disorders are not attributable to the psychological effects of substance abuse or use or another medical condition, such as an injury. So we're looking for these criteria to be met when someone is outside of active addiction or substance use. Borderline personality disorder is a pervasive pattern of instability of interpersonal relationships, self-image, and affects and market impulsivity that begins in early adulthood and presents in a variety of contexts. Some of the criteria include efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation, impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging, like spending or Sexual behavior, substance abuse can be part of this. Reckless driving, um, some eating disorders might play a role here as well. Um, Sometimes we see suicidal behaviors, gestures, or threats, or some self-harm. There's instability and reactivity in mood, such as intense feelings of dysphoria, irritability, or anxiety, lasting a few hours and only rarely last more than a couple of days. 
There's inappropriate and intense anger and difficulty controlling anger. There's often these uh, displays of temper, constant anger, recurring uh, physical fights or, or physical manifestations of anger. And sometimes we see some dissociative symptoms as well. One way that I personally see borderline personality disorder and explain it to clients and their families is that the person experiences intense emotions and sometimes those emotions get so strong that the person does whatever they can to make them stop. Sometimes this looks like self-sabotage, impulsivity, and interpersonal instability. I think there is sometimes a stigma that goes along with this disorder where Outsiders looking in think that some symptoms or behavior should be relatively easy to control. But a really important point that Cora just made is that individuals with borderline do try to control those emotions, but it is extremely difficult to do that because they experience them so intensely. And Alina just brought up stigma and and some of the stigma related to borderline personality disorder itself goes beyond the stigma of suffering someone suffering from a mental illness. Stigmatizing beliefs of people with borderline personality can be that they're easily triggered and people need to walk on eggshells around them. We often hear people say that they're manipulative. I've heard people say that they're miserable people and want everyone around them to feel the same way and that they cause pain and trauma to their loved ones lives or that they're emotionally draining. But if you go back to what I said about how I see borderline, that they have this intense emotion and that they're doing whatever they can to make that emotion stop. Some of these behaviors, like what seems manipulative and what seems to be easily triggered makes a lot more sense. Borderline personality disorder is clearly misunderstood. One of the most heartbreaking things about this stigma is that often clinicians don't understand it either. According to a 2006 article in the Harvard Review of Psychiatry, this stigma causes the majority of society to distance themselves from people suffering with borderline personality disorder, including mental health clinicians. Even though we know that an empathetic therapeutic relationship of unconditional positive regard is the cornerstone of successful treatment, this distance This distancing can be especially problematic for clients with borderline personality disorder who are sensitive to rejection and abandonment. According to an article from 2017 from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, some clinicians find people with borderline personality disorder to be treatment resistant. These beliefs are one of the many reasons to be sure that a mental health professional is educated and experienced in the treatment of this disorder, if you're someone you care about or seek a treatment. So for a few more stats on borderline personality disorder, in a recent article in the National Center for Biotechnology website, it states that there's some most common environmental factors that play a role in the development of borderline personality disorder include primarily childhood maltreatment, like physical, sexual assault, or neglect. And it's been found in up to 70% of people with borderline personality disorder, as well as maternal separation, poor maternal attachment, inappropriate family boundaries, parental substance abuse, and serious parental psychopathology. This same article identified multiple twin studies that indicate that borderline personality disorder may have a genetic component as well. So it seems like there is a pretty big relationship to trauma when it comes to borderline personality disorder. 
And, and I just want to come back to the stigma we talked about a little bit earlier on. And, you know, if we look at this disorder and, and of course, many other disorders from a trauma perspective or a trauma view, you can come to understand, again, that, that some of the symptoms and behaviors are not intentional, but rather a response to something that happened earlier in life um, that a lot of times was hurtful or stressful. One of the things mentioned in that statistic is attachment. And one of the things that is well known in the mental health field is that the way an infant and their primary caregiver attach when they're young oftentimes influence how influences how that child relates to other people as a teenager and a young adult and an older adult. And sometimes when there is not the nurturing attachment that one would hope to see in that relationship. It, um, it can create a situation where, where this disorder is not necessarily always going to happen, but has the possibility of developing. Another article from 2021, this one was from the Recovery Village, indicated that an estimated prevalence of borderline personality disorder is about 1.6%, but could be as high as 5.9%. In that same study, they found that people who seek outpatient treatment, there's a higher rate of occurrence with about 10% of those people meeting the criteria for borderline personality disorder, and 20% of people who are in an inpatient mental health unit meet the criteria for borderline personality disorder. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have been diagnosed with that disorder, only that they meet the criteria. And it's not necessarily that women develop this disorder more than men. We do see it in men also, but what we see is that the diagnosis is more common in women than men. We don't really know if that is a stigma about the behaviors being different in men or women or how these behaviors present in men or women that causes that big difference in the statistic. We know that borderline personality disorder is often co-occurring with other disorders, such as anxiety or depression. The same study from the Recovery Village found a high rate of comorbidity with bipolar disorder, trauma-related disorders, including PTSD, substance use disorders, and suicidal behaviors. A 2017 study in personality and mental health found that 90% of people in a sample of 394 people with borderline personality disorder engaged in self-mutilation behavior. 75% of the same sample made at least one suicide attempt. So pretty high suicide rates that we see there with borderline personality disorder. The DSM states that the risk for suicide among those with borderline personality is highest in the young adult years, and it decreases with aging. According to a 2006 literature review in the Psychiatric Times, 4 to 10% of people suffering from borderline personality disorder who make a suicide attempt die by suicide. All suicidal ideation plans and attempts by any person should be taken seriously. Because of the high rate of suicidal gestures and attempts within this population, it's often not taken as seriously as with other populations. 
Since the likelihood of a completed suicide increases with the prior attempts, all suicidal ideations, plans, and attempts within this population should be taken very seriously. But there is hope for people who suffer from borderline personality disorder. In a 2011 study published in the Archives of General Psychiatry, over 10 years, they found that 85% of participants who had mental health treatment remitted. They also discovered that the rate of remission in these participants with borderline personality disorder was slower than many other mental health disorders. The Recovery Village states that the rate of recovery is better for those in treatment than those who are not in treatment. As we talked about earlier, patience on the part of the client and the therapist is key. There's no medication specifically for the treatment of borderline personality disorder. However, a psychiatrist or a primary care physician might prescribe medication to treat some of the symptomology, such as an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety medication, or a mood stabilizer. The primary treatment for borderline personality disorder is therapy. Dialectical behavior therapy is one of the treatments with the most evidence for improved borderline personality disorder, and that could include individual therapy, group therapy, and phone consultations. Other trauma-focused therapies can also have some success, including trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, psychodynamic therapy, again, group therapies, and psychoeducation. So that is a quick summary of borderline personality disorder. It is a complicated mental health disorder, so there's likely to be a lot of questions you have a question for us on borderline personality disorder or have any thoughts, please leave a comment where you found us. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us.